Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We want to hear about your ministry or a ministry you love. Text the word ACTION to 484848 and a producer will contact you for your idea. Perhaps you've seen the pictures. Overly thin children with distended bellies, a belly that indicates malnourishment, the modern-day face of starvation. We're stirred to compassion, and we know there is such an incredible need, but how can we help from so far away? Hear how a simple, nutritious food pack is not just satisfying hunger, but transforming lives, entire communities. That's on this Action in Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. 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 In ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Legute, and this is Action in Ministry. In 2004, I started traveling to Haiti. Six years later, the areas around the capital city were rocked by a massive earthquake. I moved to Haiti to help a dear friend with her home for children with disabilities. The city of Port-au-Prince was a mess, rubble everywhere. But our home, Notre Maison, was a haven for many. Children were fed three meals a day, typically porridge in the morning and evening. And in the middle of the day, rice and a protein mix with local vegetables and seasoning tossed in. This rice and protein was delivered to the home in cardboard boxes with the words, Feed My Starving Children, stamped on the side. Today, we are joined by Mark Crea. Since 2004, he's been the CEO of Feed My Starving Children and has grown the organization tremendously. Mark, we are so excited to have you here joining us today. Rachel, I am glad to be here with you. Well, Mark, Feed My Starving Children is an organization that is doing simply what its name says, Feeding Starving Children. Can you give us like a glimpse of what the need is worldwide for this type of organization? I, I sure can, and probably um, the one statistic that really sums it all up or is, is the critical piece, the fact that uh, every day 6,200 children die of starvation, starvation-related diseases every day. Uh, mm. That just simply shouldn't happen. For the lack of food, that many children every day are perishing. And that's something that, that Feed My Starving Children focuses on, and that's something that we can change in the world. What's the overall mission of your organization? Well, we, we really have, I would tell you, three, three parts of our mission. Mm-hmm. So clearly feeding the body. Um, so it is feeding those children and not just putting some rice or some beans in their belly, but but scientifically figuring out what are the micronutrients, what are the things that these children most need to grow up healthy. And so that's what's unique about the food. We do that, and then it is to feed the spirits. And so I would tell you of the 1.3 million volunteers that produce all of the food we do, um, it is to impact them, is to feed their spirits as they come in and work and volunteer to produce this food. And then the third part is how do we impact communities, both um, holistically um, around the world, 
but here at home as well, to say this is about um, getting churches and businesses and schools and everybody together involved to make a difference. Well, I've seen Feed My Starving Children from a lot of different angles, um, from being in the warehouse to being at mobile pack sites and to actually, like I said, seeing food on the ground. What's your background? How did you come to be with Feed My Starving Children? Well, I I tell you, I spent a a great deal of my career in uh, the nonprofit world, in the charitable Mm -hmm. world, and some in the the corporate world, in the for-profit but, you know, came out of college uh, w- with a business degree, but had an attraction for kind of the healthcare. So I went to work um, for the Hazelden Foundation for 17 years, but, but really learned there that one of the best things you could do is combine what it would be a solid mission and just good practices, what I would say are good business practices. You can you can do both. And in fact, if you run the organization well, you're going to simply accomplish more of your mission. Did you come to Feed My Starving Children with a heart that was already stirred for the children around the world who were going hungry? Or is that something that's built over time as you've been a part of this organization? Well, I, I would say specifically it's been built more over time. I had the fortunate of coming about halfway through the, the the organization's history, started in 87, but in 2003, the organization had spent 10 years, and this is our, I would say, our, our, our organization's testimony. So started as this Christian organization, then really turned a, a secular face, nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. for 10 years, from 93 to 2003. And during those 10 years, the organization did not grow, struggled every year, a small organization producing 3 million meals a year mm-hmm. um, for 10 years. Uh, in 2003, the board said, you know, this, this really isn't working. The, the need is so great. What should we do? Um, and I would tell you the answer was uh, the best answer, and that is let's put God uh, squarely back in the center of this organization. Mm. Let's not be afraid to tell people why we're doing this work. Everyone is welcome to come in and pack. All these children are God's children around the world. Mm. We'll, we'll just be real open and honest about why we're doing this, because we are told to feed the widows and the orphans. We're, we're, we're commanded to do this work. So when the, when the board made that decision in 03, the organization began to grow. It then looked for some new leadership, Mm. uh, and a few months later I came on board. But I would tell you um, it was turning back to the Lord that made the fundamental difference in the organization. And since then, the last 15 years, it's gone from 3 million meals a year to this year 370 million meals. That is incredible growth. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It makes my head hurt. I can't even (laughs) fathom 370 million meals. Well, only God is that good. Uh, We certainly aren't, Rachel. (laughs) That that is a lot of food and a lot of work. um, Because not only do you have to 
package 370 meals. There's also right. the, the distribution and, and all sorts of other logistics to think about um, as I sit here and tell you that. I know you know that. <laughs> but, yes. but um, like, how, how do you mobilize that many people to get this type of work done? You said 1.3 million volunteers. Right. How does um, this happen? Well, and, and I think that probably makes us the largest volunteer organization in the United States. Now, the cool thing about that is, first of all, almost half of those 1.3 million people are young people, mm-hmm. are people under the age of 18. So I would tell you that kids really get it. They, mm. they seem to clearly understand it. And in fact, sometimes they're the ones bringing the adults along uh, with them. Uh, They simply want to make a difference. They realize they can come and work for two hours, but it is a combination. And we've, at this size, we've got to kind of work at letting people know um, that they can help in in a really profound or really, you know, give us your hands for two hours, we would say. And you can save, um, provide hope for a lot of children around the world. And so those young people come through, so through schools, churches are a real backbone for us, um, but businesses, you know, we, we, we do both at our sites where we're doing this packing six days a week, 12 hours a day. We have eight sites around the United States, but then in our mobile pack. So we go on the road and we'll do 350 short-term events, two, three, four days, at a church, at a school, and um, they'll marshal the volunteers and help pay for the ingredients, and we will come in with our staff and all of our equipment and ingredients, and they'll pack, you know, we'll be in 40 states this year Mm. doing that, and, and we pack over 80 million meals just through our mobile packing. So if somebody signs up to volunteer to pack meals with you guys, what what does their experience look like when they show up to serve? Oh, that's a great question. Um, in, in general, they're going to come in and we're going to do a short orientation. So you might have 150 people volunteering at a time. Now, that might be one one big church or group, or most often it's a combination of a number of you know, families and groups and businesses kind of all coming together at that time. You're going to get an orientation for about 15 minutes. So this would be in a typical two-hour session. Um, And we're going to explain world hunger. We're going to explain what's going on so people understand the magnitude. Then we're going to talk about what is truly unique about Feed My Starving Children food. It is a miracle food for people who are malnourished or starving. Then we're going to take you through an FDA-licensed facility, so you're going to wash your hands, you're going to put a hairnet on, you're going to do those things, and then go into the orientation room, and you'll have been instructed on how to put this together. The amazing thing for people, so you get a room full of people who have maybe never done this before, Mm -hmm. and you would think, how is this ever going to work? And literally in about 15 minutes, it becomes, because we've got it highly organized, it becomes this machine of people producing this food. So when we break it down to an individual volunteer, they're going to produce, in general, a box worth of food. That's about 216 meals Mm. in two hours. About 15, 20 minutes before the end of that session, you're going to stop, you're going to clean up, then you're going to come back, 
and we're going to celebrate what you packed. We're going to talk about, usually tell you some stories, give you an example of the difference you've just made in a child's life, um, encourage you to continue to support us, come back and volunteer, pray for these children, financially make a gift, help us buy more ingredients, and then we wait for the next group to mm-hmm. show up. <laughs> I love what you say about celebrating at the end of it and, and helping your volunteers know the impact of, of the work that they've just done, because um, the atmosphere is really one of of joy, of um, finding joy in the service and working together with our brothers and sisters to hopefully impact some change around the globe. Right. It is wonderful. Um, I, I love watching the table and say a family comes in and you've got the the third grader on one end of the table and grandma or grandpa uh-huh. on the other end and everybody in between. And where can you do that with a family? Where can you do that with your kids to come and have a powerful experience? Well, my first experience with a food pack from Feed My Starving Children was on a packing line, uh, packing up packages. And my most recent experience was eating um, some of the food while I was living in Haiti. And I got to tell you, I loved the days when there was an, a little bit extra portion that was left from um, downstairs where I was living that would get sent upstairs for me to have some because it tasted really good. <laughs> it, it is. And why shouldn't it be? Right. You know, let's feed these kids, but we can do it in a way that tastes really good. It's very adaptable. So around the world, we're in 70 countries. And so, you know, you're going to put spices in uh, yeah. from, from locally from some countries or they're going to in the Philippines, they like to make it more like a soup. So it's so adaptable mm-hmm. um, to, to what, you know, their palate is, but it's universal. You know, rice is something that everybody knows. They know how to prepare it, cook it, and, and it's just a food that everybody consumes and it's, and it works so well. What do these food packs mean for the children who end up being the recipients? Well, I would tell you, and, and we don't say this, I don't say this to be melodramatic. This is the difference between life and death mm-hmm. for so many of these children. Um, it is the ability to restore them to health, to give them without the micronutrients, your body doesn't develop like it should. Put a child in school who hasn't eaten in three days, and they're not going to learn. Um, if cognitively they're not going to develop, if physically they're not going to be healthy, how can they be a good provider? They're, they're going to die prematurely, and the cycle of orphans and, and children is going to continue. So you've got to start there with this food. And, and we just literally upgraded it. Um, the first really, really major change this spring, so the food is now aligned with the, the latest... USAID and the uh, World Health Organization's micronutrient levels, and so we've we've tweaked it quite a bit to make it even better. We do have some other formulas for some very specific areas for cholera and Ebola. We have some food for little little children, and we have some to to help manage countries where. Uh, GMO is an issue, and so we, we make a unique food uh, to be able to get into those countries. And we're just not going to be stopped by some rules or regulations. We're going to comply with those, find a way to get food, 
get this this great food into countries, you know, with the cooperation of of these governments, but to do it and and not sit on the sidelines and say, oh my gosh, it's too difficult or it's too dangerous. Again, the world is a very, it's a very difficult mm-hmm. place. The countries we work in, but our partners, we we are very unique, Rachel, in how we distribute this food mm-hmm. and give this to embedded missionaries and NGOs mm-hmm. and get the food directly into their hands. They're feeding the kids. They're caring for the kids. You know, whether it's in an orphanage or a school, I would tell you they're the very best at protecting this food, getting it to where it needs to go, protecting it. And, of course, we pray over this food. Mm-hmm. Sometimes numbers tell uh, an amazing story. So in our history, we have produced and distributed 2.5 billion, with a B, billion <laughs> meals. Uh-huh. And when you would look at where this food's going, saying, well, why should any of that food get there, or most of it shouldn't. Mm -hmm. But for us, it's 99.8% of this food has gotten to the tummies of those kids. You cannot (laughs) figure out a model to make that happen. Yeah, that's God working there, huh? (laughs) And that's God's protection of this food. We see it all the time. We pray, we ask him to protect this food, and he does. Have you seen your food and um, your service to schools and communities help break the cycle of food insecurity and starvation in areas? And what does that look like? Yeah, so in the United States, we would many times talk about sustainability. How how do we teach them to fish, not just mm-hmm. give them a fish? For us, it's very clear. I mean, we do food, and we do that very well. That's our focus. We then partner with other organizations that can provide the other things, whether that's clean water, whether that's education, health care, other pieces. Uh, but it's really got to start with the food. That foundation then allows those other things to happen. We understand that dynamic and that partnership of working with other organizations, working with the communities, listening to them, and so in the Philippines and now in Haiti, in the DR, other places where we have come in with a longer, more complete program at a higher level to say that the community is going to tell us what they need. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go in and tell them what they need. It's going to start with the food, and then they're going to determine what is you know, what gets them to sustainability in their community. And then working with our partners and the partners generally and the local community and local pastors are going to help make that happen. But they own it. And that's a huge difference. And keeping Christ in the middle, because we're we're still all a bunch of of failed human beings. And so (laughs) by keeping the focus on on Christ and saying, you know, why are we doing this? Whatever other difficulties flare up, you're just going to be able to, to bust through those uh, when you keep Christ at the center. Yeah, and you mentioned praying over the food. Do the recipients who, who receive the food, do they know that it carries with them, with with it, the prayers of the people who have created it and sent it, that, that the message of the gospel comes along as well? It does. And so... For us, we understand our role. So in body of Christ terms, okay, we're the foot, you know? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Our, our partners on the ground, 
they're the ones that are providing uh, the, the, the spiritual support and direction. We're just, we're, we're feeding kids. Follow Christ's example. Um, mm-hmm. Let's feed them. Let's have their ears opened. And then at some point, be the hands and feet of Christ. Then if they want to hear about the gospel, they, they do that. We're not forcing them to do that. But taking Christ's example and say, hey, go feed the 5,000, then, then preach to them. So, <laughs> you know, um, our role is to support those missionaries. And I would tell you, I hear two things from organizations from missionaries around the world all the time. One, this food is the most unique thing. It transforms these kids. Mm-hmm. It makes them healthy, number one. Number two... We are a long-term sustaining feeding organization. If you're working with an organization that's got an orphanage, those children are orphans this year, and they are likely orphans next year mm-hmm. and the year after. And so what good is it to give them something, and this is mostly what happens to them, and say, hey, here's some stuff, good luck when it's gone. Mm-hmm. That doesn't give them the foundation they need to build on. And so we make a minimum of a year at a time commitment, some up to three years at a time that said, this food's going to be there when you need it. We're going to agree on how much we're going to give to you. And then we make that happen. And so they say, this is the greatest food and you make a promise and you keep it. And for them, that's, that's a powerful, powerful piece for them. Well, you've highlighted some tremendous growth for your organization, and it's hard for me to think, like, what bigger vision and eyes can you have than 370 million meals a year? Um, but I'm, where yeah. where are you headed? What what are you praying for and hoping to see as you continue down this road? Oh, Rachel, that's a great question. <laughs> there's a couple. Clearly, there's still thousands of children dying every day, so that's mm-hmm. part of it. I would tell you one of the strategic initiatives for us is to get to more of the unreached, Mm -hmm. or I like to say the least of these. That simply says, you know, where are these children dying? What parts of the world? They are generally areas that are very, very difficult. And so how do we do that? How do we, with the Lord's help, find these places where it is difficult, dangerous, and yet the need is so great. So high need, high risk areas. Mm-hmm. So we're going to continue to expand that part of where food goes. And that's, that's an important part. It's simply, we know more children need to be fed. I think the other piece that goes along with the least of these, what we would call the sustainability programs. So finding different ways to help communities and I would tell you, we, we finished up a program in the Philippines on the island of Marinduque where after five years, the number of malnourished children went from 18,000 to less than 1,000 mm-hmm. in that five years. Incomes doubled, uh, education scores went up, all of those things. So the livelihoods of people were transformed to the point where the community at the end of five years looked at us and said, thank you very much. We've got this now. And in fact, we're going to take what we've learned and we're going to go now to other communities in the Philippines and help them. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what they're doing. I, I would say that's the future of where we're going to be able to do more of that. But you got to start with the food to begin with. Mm. What an incredible story. Well, I know this is a job, but it's also a ministry for you. I'm wondering how you've been impacted personally from your time with Feed My Starving Children. Growing up a Christian, nothing remarkable, you know, Christian household, all of that good stuff. I would tell you in the last 15 years, the impact on my faith has been much greater than I thought. And and I would tell you part of traveling around the world, uh, meeting, I would tell you, walking saints, mm-hmm. these missionaries and individuals, hearing people's personal testimony is has such an impact on me, on the organization here. I would tell you when I travel and spend time in these countries, there is inevitably a, a couple of things that always impact my faith and my work uh, of what I, I do here. One is uh, that pair of eyes, I call it. So somewhere there is a child that I encounter that looks at you in, in a unique way that just imprints on me, just stays with me, that said, this is the face of, of what we're here to do to make this difference. I now get to see kids who are adults who I, I remember the first time I met them <laughs> many years ago. I would tell you the second thing for me are moms. Yeah. Um, moms will sacrifice. Moms will do anything to help their children, to, to save their children, to feed their children. And when you see a mom with a smile on her face because she's watching her children now thrive instead of starve, wow. When a mom stands and looks at you only the way a mom can and says, God bless you for saving my babies. I didn't save her babies. (laughs) That's what we tell the volunteers and the supporters. That's what you, if I could take you and drop you right in front of that mom right there, Oh, my gosh. Mm. Um, It is such a powerful thing because now you've not only transformed that kid's life, but that that parent gets to see their child like we all would want to see our children do well and prosper and not suffer or not perish. Mm. Keeps me going. I can put my head on the pillow at night and say, did we feed every kid in the world? No. Did we feed more children? Yes. Yeah. It made a difference to that one. <laughs> yep. Well, that is the answer, mm-hmm. Rachel. Uh, a missionary many, many years ago, my first long trip to Haiti uh, that impacted me so much, uh, told me something that has been with me to the, to the very day, and that is, Mark, these children that you meet and see what's going on, They will all die one at a time, Mm -hmm. save them one at a time. Mm. And so that's, for me personally, is the thing that said, God is going to put a child uh, in front of me. We're going to save that child and then go on and save another and another and another. Well, the work that you're doing is incredible and is making such a huge difference 
sometimes the call isn't to start something new. It's not to create something fresh, but to join along with something that's thriving and serving. How would someone get involved in the mission of Feed My Starving Children if this resonates with them? Well, that's a great question. Um, Because, frankly, that's one of the reasons we're kind of designed the way we are Say we're not at all a typical relief organization where we do all of these things. Uh, say we're you know we're gonna we're gonna build homes and schools and do you know what? There's great organizations that do that. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do that to help make a difference for us. Three things: come in and volunteer. Mm-hmm. Go on the website fmsc.org. And if you're in where one of our permanent sites are, you got lots of opportunities. Around the rest of the United States, our mobile packs are are just all over the United States. So you can go online and say, oh, uh, we've got an event coming to this church next month. Mm-hmm. I can go there. I would say pray. Pray for these children. Pray for these people. Pray for Feed My Starving Children, our ability to continue to feed them. And then support us financially, you know, 25, less than 25 cents feeds a kid for a day. Oh my gosh, if I could feed my kids for a quarter. <laughs> but but and so it's a widow's might. It's a, just a little bit that can go a long ways here. Mm-hmm. And uh, all those ingredients, everything we we've got to buy all of that to put it in the warehouse to allow the volunteers to come in and pack it. And half of them are kids and so help us feed more kids. Mm-hmm. Well, the stories that you tell and the ministry that you share are stories that impact people who hear them as well. What advice would you give to somebody who's wanting to be active in ministry, to be using the gifts that God has given them? What advice would you give them if they just don't know where to start? Um, You're asking all of the great (laughs) questions, Rachel. I will tell you what what has worked for me or as as I've worked with other people, kind of some of that advice is, um, first of all, understand your, your God given gifts. So what is that that um, the Lord has, has made unique in you? Because when you utilize them and understand that, utilize them, you are going to be more successful. You're going to be more productive. You're going to be happier, frankly, when you understand that. We do a lot of praying here at Feed My Starving Children. We ask for wisdom and discernment. Uh, you do that through spending time in the Word and talking to others and and consulting, you know, with other very uh, faithful people. And, and then you try to listen to the Lord and, and what He's directing us to do. Sometimes that takes more patience than, than I would like, <laughs> but I know God's teaching me that specifically. Listen to others, pray. You know, people would say, oh, I want to do what you do. Well, God bless you. That would be great. <laughs> but God needs good people everywhere, needs them in corporations and in churches and in schools. And so you can be that light wherever you are also. And so it it doesn't have to be, well, I have to start a nonprofit and do that. God bless you if you want to do that. But but, uh, you can have a huge impact on your family, on your coworkers, on others, um, just by being that example um, wherever you are, whatever your workplace is, uh, to your family, 
And um, I, I would just encourage you uh, to do that. I would I would say FMSC is just a powerful, powerful way to give me your hands for two hours, mm-hmm. and you're going to make a tremendous difference in the world. You're going to give life and hope uh, to some number of children. And I don't know where else you can go and do that um, in that concrete, um, practical kind of way. Well, Mark, it has been a true pleasure to get to hear your story today and to talk with you about the work of Feed My Starving Children. Thank you so much for joining us. Rachel, my pleasure. God bless you. Mark Crea joined in on a mission to help starving children, and God used his gifts to build and expand an already incredible ministry. God equipped him to lead and mobilize people through the power of prayer. Now he and others involved with Feed My Starving Children are blessed to see the results. Children fed and thriving, communities transformed and able to sustain themselves. How is God calling you? How has he equipped you to serve others? and point them to the love of Jesus. Thanks for joining us. That's Action and Ministry. I'm Rachel Legute. Thank you for listening to Action and Ministry. We want to hear about your ministry or a ministry you love. Text the word ACTION to 484848 and a producer will contact you for your idea.